0: Good
1: afternoon and welcome. It's Monday and that means it's time for our Zoomer squad. And today we begin with a lighter than usual topic, the Oscars. There was a lot of talk about representation and it was a bit odd because representation was represented on the stage, but certainly not in the awards. We had diverse people in performances and Actress Natalie Portman wore a cape embroidered with the names of women who were not nominated. Now, I was looking for older people, older people who won, and older people in the movies. It was interesting that the elder icons were shown a lot of respect. Here, in translation, is the night's hands-down winner, Bong Joon-ho. Uh, he, of course, the director of Parasite, paying tribute to director Martin Scorsese.
2: Thank you so much. When I was young and studying cinema, there was a saying that I carved deep into my heart, which is, the most personal is the most creative. Morning, uh, that quote was from... Uh, our great martin scorsese. So <laughs> okay,
1: so that was him uh uh he gave a lot of love to scorsese and the the audience followed but I am not so sure about representation in in actual films. One of the things I'm used to seeing is that uh the roles of older people go to people who are actually a lot younger than that. So uh, with that, what do, you, what do you think about that? The numbers to call 416-360-0740 toll-free 1-866-740-4740 and now I'd like to welcome Peter Mugridge, Senior Editor of Zoomer Magazine, David Kravitz Vice President of Zoomer Media and Marissa Lennox, Chief Policy Officer at CARP Hi everybody, welcome. Hi Libby. Hi, Libby. Libby. So what about older people at the Oscars? Peter, you have a list.
2: Yeah, uh everythingzoomer.com has a, covers the Oscars in uh from from uh you know beginning to end. Um it, one one of the, the themes of uh the the Everything Zoomer articles was was nostalgia and how this, this Oscars, you know, some of the movies that were represented, the Irishman once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Ford vs. Ferrari, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. These are all sort of movies that reminisce from a, a, a time gone by. So if it, it wasn't necessarily the actors who won, although Brad Pitt won Best Supporting Actor 56, and uh, Elton John won Best Original Song, and he's 72, but it was the themes of the movies that... That sort certainly spoke to an older audience.
1: Is that significant a change in the culture, David?
3: I don't know how significant because uh, every couple of years we're told there's a whole new trend sweeping the world, but it's true that the, there, this was more about storyline and there was a lot of uh, nostalgia in the, uh, in the themes. and there was a tremendous representation on stage. I mean Jane Fonda, when she 80 years old, announced his best picture. Um, So there were a lot of people who were zoom. By the way, the Korean director is fifty years old. Yeah. He's a zoomer. He's not twenty six. He's, I think, fifty or forty. Yeah, he's an
1: overnight sensation after probably 25 uh, twenty five years of yeah. toiling in
3: the in the weeds, and now suddenly he's he's been. Just as a on a personal, the the most deliciously ironic thing for me was um, the choice of Billie Eilish to sing yesterday when they did the in memoriam of all the people who had passed away because three or four weeks ago she got into trouble. She's 17. She got into trouble on Jimmy Kimmel's show for confessing she never heard of Van Halen or Huey Lewis and the News or Run DMZ, <laughs> didn't know what Cabbage Patch Dolls were Uh, so. Here she is singing. It was it was fine. Her performance was great. It was all very tasteful. But to me, watching this, this was like the Uh, supreme irony of (laughs) who you picked to sing in memoriam to all these great stars. Someone who who doesn't know of life before two thousand and one.
4: But when I think about Hollywood greats. I don't think about Billie Eilish and uh, Justin Bieber. I mean, I, I think Thank about those. No, right? I mean, <laughs> right. I, I think about Jane Fonda. Judy and I, Garland. I, G, yeah, yeah, Judy, sure. I mean, even Brad Pitt, who's a phenomenal act, Leonardo DiCaprio Did is you 45. Say Brad now Pitt's he's,
1: 56? he's 56. That's what, Bif-
2: that's what, that's f- what Zoomer said. Yeah.
4: Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're
2: getting. That, he looks pretty good. First,
4: well, he looks pretty good for any that age. That was his not first Oscar thing. last night. Okay. So yeah. when I think about cinematic skill, I don't think that it's a function of youth. Actually, I think it's a function of grace and age, if anything.
1: Uh, you know, I did find interesting this uh, tribute and acknowledgement of elders. That right. seemed to be one of the threads. We saw Lauren, Laura Dern, you know, paying tribute to her parents, Diane Ladd and, and Bruce Dern. And I'm wondering, does that signal any kind of change in the culture? Because actually, when, when Zoomers, when boomers were young, you know, we denigrated the older generation, at least for a while. It's does true. that signify anything significant?
3: I think it has featured at the Oscars sometimes in the past. And the Oscars, it's interesting that with all the um, <clears throat> talk about representation and diversity, especially racial and by gender, the Oscars have always been fairly um I won't say ahead of the curve, but up to date on age. On A, B, you know, we had Art Carney winning an Oscar in his uh, 60s or 70s, first time ever. I remember that because of uh, at the time it was quite a sensation. They they don't seem to um, restrict the field by age as much as maybe by other variables. And to your point, Libby, this year's The Topics were all about nostalgia and so on. Many of the presenters were older. There's always been a Lifetime Achievement Award uh, at the Oscars. So it seems that it's built into the uh, institution a little bit to take into account you know, a life's work and the contributions mm. of some of the older yeah. members of the profession.
2: Yeah. And I, I guess, too, the, the younger actors are doing superhero movies, right? So none of those movies are ever going to get any Oscar credit at all. So it, it's going to... I think in future of the Oscars, if if we're all going to have superhero movies dominating that that the movies that you know they, that present a little bit of thought are going to be dominated by older actors i think
1: well it's it's interesting i mean i think the fact that we've got superheroes and nostalgia you know shows something about the problems in our world frankly and that has nothing to do with age but but again marissa the fact that people showed such homage and respect to elders. Do you think that signifies something in the culture?
4: I think, um, I think it's always been there. I mean, I, it, certainly I've noticed it. I think it's, I think that's always been the case to sort of what David was saying earlier. You look at a lifetime of achievement for some of these actors and how can you, how can you ignore that? So, no, I think, I, I think it was really important what we saw last night and a lot of seniors or boomers were represented. It was great. Okay. Uh, so, as,
1: as most of you know, I'm generally not a fan of popular culture. So <laughs> <laughs> celebrity culture, I'm certainly not a fan of. So enough about that. But even, even I watched the Oscars, but let us move along here. Last week we talked about scams. We always get a big response from that. Canadians lost at least $137 million. Top scam is. Uh, spear phishing online scam there's plenty plenty of phone scams and now we're learning that uh, you know some of the new agreements which most of us probably haven't read with our banks uh, are holding us liable for some of the losses we may incur if uh, and tend to favor the banks what do you think about that
4: well, I think it's problematic that banks are trying to shirk their responsibilities and trying to protect the consumer. Um, it's consistent with the general trend we've seen, and it's been part of CARP's advocacy forever to try and fix that process. Because when someone finds themselves in a situation where they have a complaint with a bank, and again, scams are there are so many different types of scams. But if we're looking specifically at scams that are are related to a bank in some way, so maybe you left your card in a in a machine and someone came and they were able able to deplete your bank account because you accidentally left your card behind or maybe it's an e-transfer scam where someone was able to intercept now banks are involved um you know that's been we've seen time and again banks uh the way that they've handled these complaints have been hugely problematic um and in a way that's beneficial to them and not necessarily the consumer and so um you know, for the consumer, the biggest issue is trying to navigate that process. When you find yourself in a situation where you do have a complaint, where you have been scammed, where money has been stolen from you unfairly, um, and you want to go through the bank process, it's very confusing. There's an internal bank ombudsman, then there are other ombudsman, you know, OBSI, and then there's ADR chambers. And so it's it can be a bit of a nightmare. Um, and so that's been part of CARP's advocacy is to try to fix this system so that it's more favorable to the consumer peter
2: well uh to marissa's point too about about the uh ombudsman is that they're they're often paid by the banks and set up by the banks yeah. so they're they're going to be beholden to the banks it seems you know to make their decisions based on what the banks want it it, it seems uh to lack transparency and fairness
1: the- i I have to give some credit to, to CBC Marketplace. They went through some of these new agreements. And of course, one of the things that those agreements all say that the rules are subject to change at any time.
3: And, and can be announced by calling out the, he can yeah, open his Exactly. The,
1: the bank choose how to, how to yeah. give notice about this. And, you know, you mentioned e-transfers. I don't know how many people in our audience use e-transfers. I occasionally use them for very small amounts. It seems like it, that would be one thing that's very easy to hack.
3: Very much so. And the evidence is we have some research uh, that I've put together through you here where we track you know the behavior mm-hmm. of our audience. And we have embraced... Zoomers have embraced digital banking, digital finance, uh, all the way, uh, more than any other generation. The, among people that are trading stocks and bonds on their smartphones, among Zoomers, is sky high. So we are sitting ducks. But I think the issue here, too, is not so much did the bank ombudsman or a regular, regulator, make a bad decision on one specific case. The thrust of what the CBC, the, this marketplace, are, is that the, the regulations they are disclosing admittedly with convoluted verbiage and blah, blah, blah. But the actual regulations they are disclosing are overwhelmingly in their favor. So it's not that they're going to make a decision to hurt you on a one-off. It's that the norm is you've got much more liability, much more responsibility falling on your shoulders day to day than before. Mm -hmm. That is what's kind of alarming because they're telling you uh, we're off the hook.
1: Well, yeah. And um, I mean, on the one hand, we should have responsibility. Sure. Know? Yeah, sure. But uh, on the other, I mean, you know, I'm thinking, when wasn't the pendulum tilted in favor of the banks? No,
4: exactly. A strong banking. Tell me
0: when. I don't recall such a time.
4: A strong banking sector <laughs> is, of course, important. But when the banks get too large and too big at the expense of its you know, clients and customers, then that's a problem. Now, the FCAC is the banking regulator and they've conducted a report. I mean, it was done last year for, for heaven's sake. And it was looking at complaint handling in the banks and it's expected to be a devastating report. We hear these stories all the time where banks say we're simply not responsible for this and people end up it's losing. Your fault. Well, exactly. And so there's a report that's been issued. It's been given to the Ministry of Finance. It was delivered in November. And we anticipated it the next day. I mean, we expected this report, frankly, six months ago, Libby. And still, the report has not been released. And the question is, why? What is the ministry doing? There are some concerns that perhaps they're giving the banking sector a preview and an opportunity to maybe water down the report. And I sure hope that that's not the case. Okay, well, what else would it be? I don't know. I mean, that's the, that's the question that many, um, you know, consumer advocates are wondering, is what is taking so long? It's not as if the Ministry of Finance should be editing this document at all. I mean, the FCAC has produced this document, so why is the ministry sitting on it? Um, Uh, They conducted a report last year on aggressive sales tactics, I should say. Uh, Yes. And And, and it was revealed that the banks did have a preview and that some of the recommendations that came out of that report were indeed watered down. So the concern is that they'll do the same in this case. But it's a real problem. Um, And the FCAC, of course, conducted this report because they knew that there was a a problem in in banking uh, complaint handling.
1: Okay. I'd like to give the numbers out again, folks. Uh, If you have a beef with your bank, are you also surprised that maybe you better go back and read some of those agreements that you sign, uh possibly probably most people don't read the entirety of those agreements they're dense they're long and and you've got to say yes if you want to do your banking mm-hmm. so uh i if you have any issues with that if you have any concerns if you've lost money from a scam and maybe your bank has said uh uh-uh, uh that's your problem the number to call 416-360-0740 toll free one 866 Seven forty. I am here with our Zoomer squad, and we've been talking about the Oscars. If you have something to say about that, older people represented in the Oscars. But we kind of have moved on to banking. And uh, Marissa, what else is in the pipeline for CARP?
4: On this particular subject? Well, on whatever. Well, of course, we're, we're launching our healthcare campaign in, in just a matter of weeks. But on this subject, I, I I just want to stress the one point that I was trying to make earlier, which is around the system of ombudsman, which we feel is completely flawed and not in the public interest. Uh, the fact that banks have the freedom to choose their own ombuds office is inherently a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not in the consumer's best yeah. interest. Um, it's, in a, it's a conflict when an ombuds office is in Trusted with uh, settling disputes paid by one of the parties to that dispute. So that's a real problem. And so what we'd like to see is a system that is fair to customers, one where OBSI, which is the not-for-profit, is the single ombudsman for banking services. And that would make the system far fairer and much less confusing and for And who consumer. would pay them? Us, the taxpayers? No, the banks. The bank? <laughs>
3: no. Uh, <laughs> well, you're talking about what's right now. The ba- yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they own
2: they, the um, when when uh, bill murray was here libby you asked him about this i think and uh and he said he was um not in favor of overregulating the banks he didn't want to sort of stymie their their ability to make money you know and uh i i think when when they're so big and we're so small you have to you have to have a, a, a more of an even playing field and in this case if it if it means an independent ombuds person or whatever they call them, um, that then that makes sense. And and is going to have to bend on that, I think.
3: But but an ambus, an ampus person can only operate when there's a complaint or an individual problem. I'm talking about, a we're talking about yeah. system-wide liability. Imagine if you bought a car and in the fine print, the manufacturer said, oh, by the way, starting this year, if the brakes fail, it's your problem. And you say, well, in that case, I'll go and buy another brand of car. Well, he's got the same clause and so the whole automotive industry decides from now on if the brakes fail it's your problem that's not an ombudsman issue that's a regulatory issue that's the government saying we're not going to let you sell a car (laughs) without some sort of robust warranty as to the performance of the of the here they're allowing this the banks to just say we're not liable We we've decreed we're not going to be liable anymore. And by the way, if you don't like it, you said this earlier, Libby. If you don't like it, go to the other bank.
2: And the the thing too is they That's set up fair. the system right. Like it, it's their electronic system. Yep. So so we're we're beholden to it, like flawed or not, and 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 that seems unfair
5: yeah. as well.
1: Okay, let's take a call from Pat in Toronto. Hi, Pat.
5: Good morning. Uh, a couple of comments with regard to the banks. If you go into a bank and want to set up an account, they ask you where you were born. If you happen to answer that you were born in the U.S., they will then send your information to the IRS in the U.S. And this has been going on for years. Um, The second issue that I've had, and I'm an accountant, is where um, a person has died and the trust has been set up, and CRA has, has issued a trust number. And the bank refuses to use that account, that trust number given out by CRA because the person didn't get probate. It, absolutely, totally unacceptable. But, you know, the banks are big and you don't like it too bad. Go somewhere else. Right. But they all get together. So.
1: Yeah. What do you think about these uh, new, uh, new rules for online banking liability?
5: Oh. Uh. Yeah, it's a real problem. I mean, I I really don't know, but I guess the answer is the public just has to be very, very, very careful because there are so many scams out there, so many bad emails coming to us every day. You know, you're almost forced to go back to (laughs) working in cash or working in checks. I mean, the the ability to lose money is just incredible. Yep.
1: It, it, it is. I, I have to say, you know, sometimes I feel like a dinosaur because I like to use cash to a certain extent. <laughs> I'm sort of thinking, am I the last person doing this?
5: Well, so some industries you might find cash used, but that's to get around taxes. So, <laughs>
3: well, <laughs> and, and again, he, Pat makes a good point, though, about going back from the digital, because we're seeing some signs. I don't want to change the subject. We're seeing some signs in other aspects of the life you had the infamous iowa caucuses last week where, where an app destroyed the whole, the whole thing. <laughs> why not just yeah. count the paper ballots yeah. and mm-hmm. and phone in the number yeah. like the days? so there may be a bit of a backlash against all yeah. this to in order as pat says in order to protect yourself or, you have or they to be, just
2: have to come up with a better system like like the, it, it's possible to use fingerprint um verification you know when you're using your phone like so why couldn't they do fingerprint verification when you're doing bank transfers you know or electronic banking it is possible
1: i i know that sometimes with the fingerprints uh when it's cold (laughs) <laughs> I, they, well, I have a, a thing called Raynaud's. My fingers get cold and, and um, sometimes it, it doesn't take.
2: Well, or facial recognition in that case or something. Okay,
4: you know. I still yeah. have a face no matter how cold <laughs> no it is. No matter what. Yeah. But maybe
2: to put like, the, there are ways, right? But yeah. to
4: give this some perspective too, keep in mind, 40% of complaints that go to OPSI are from seniors, which is disproportionate to the percentage of seniors in Canada. And it's much... Uh, harder for a senior is worse for a senior um, when they lose that money because they don't have the capacity necessarily to earn it back like someone who's younger and perhaps still working. So the biggest piece of advice I could possibly give to your audience is to monitor your bank accounts and be on top of it. Because if you're waiting for your statements to come in a month later, it's too late. The sooner you're able to detect it, the sooner you're able to report it, the greater the chance you'll get your money back.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really incredible. I mean, it, how you know how many scams there are, and how much money people are losing. And you know, as soon as you m- might uh, you know put the lid on one of them, another another one crops up. And I guess you know, from the bank's point of view, they were losing a lot of money.
3: I think they were, and I think that's why they did it. Because um, prior to this, if it was an outright crime. I've had two situations, one with myself and one someone else, of being the victim of a pickpocket who spent the credit card money instantaneously and the bank completely reimbursed mm. it. You got robbed. I think they still would robbed, in that case. They will because it's a crime. But but to your point, if they have the ratio as a small number of people. They build that into the system. But as these scams now are increasing, they can't take that. They've decided they won't take that hit. Anyway. It's
1: really interesting. One of the changes in, in some of those agreements, it said that you have to report a lost or stolen card as soon as you know it's lost or stolen. And now it's as soon as you suspect it's lost or stolen. It was like well, what is what
4: does that mean? What's the difference? Uh, well, it, what does that it gives mean? them more wiggle
3: room? That's what it means. Yeah. So that's what it means. I, so. yeah. it means. Yeah. I read a means. story
4: the other day in the news of a, of a young woman who left her bank card in the machine in the teller, mm. and there was a person, I guess, waiting behind her, uh, who then went on to use that card and depleted the bank account. And the bank has basically said. We're not responsible because that person must have known you because they knew your pin, they accessed your account, they took out the – and she's looking at this video saying, I don't know who this is. Um, And so, you know, you, you just have to be so careful. Okay,
1: I think uh, that is the overriding message. Uh, before we go, let's r- wrap things up, Peter. What do you want to leave us with?
2: Well, just one one of the uh, hidden messages in in that banking story was a, a TD uh, comment that said most most customers that experience fraud end up being reimbursed. So, um, you know, I, I, as bad as it looks, I, I you know there, there there's probably you know policies in place where where it, it it it's not as bad as it looks you know
4: depends on the case i think with credit card fraud you're you're more likely i mean if you're able to detect it early enough they can put a stop on the transaction um so you may be fortunate in those circumstances, and others, uh, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if funds have been truly depleted from your from your bank account, right. it's hard to yeah, reclaim I, those, I, those I, dollars.
3: I agree with 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 you on that because I think when it comes to actual credit card usage, I have been contacted by by my bank yeah. numerous times. We noticed this uh, credit card. Then was it you or was it someone else? And it was me. So they are trying. I don't think it's the theft as much as some of these more sophisticated hacking things, mm. yeah. where they're saying this we can't live in a world where this is open ended, where we've got to take the hit for everything. We're going to shift as much of the burden as we can uh, onto our customers, right. and that's all that it is. And it's it reads as being very unfair because, of course, they go they go about it in a consumer unfriendly way. Yeah. But it may not be as nefarious as all that would you. When you're
1: yeah, and I, I have the same perception that when it comes to what's going on your credit card, you have a better chance. And yes. even when you, when you get a statement, if there are transactions there that you want to dispute, uh, you can and i you know i don't have percentages on how those turn out but no, I, think, right. I think i think you have a reasonable chance it's all that other stuff yeah. and frankly i think that you stand to lose a lot more from all the other stuff than you know from some transactions on your credit card before you realize yeah
3: i agree mm-hmm.
1: okay that's it for this week for the Zoomer Squad. Thank you so much, Peter Muggridge, Marissa Lennox, and David Kravitz. And we'll be back here with more next week. Thanks so much. Thanks,
0: you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.